Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Thursday, July 13th, 2023. Our catechesis today continues in Matthew's Gospel. Um, Here we'll be at the uh, end of this section of parables, I think, and uh, Jesus will wrap that up for us. If you weren't able to be with us last evening, uh, the complete service as well as the sermon have been posted to YouTube, so you can go check that out, uh, as well as to all the podcast platforms. So you can listen as you go about your work throughout the day. Um, I prefer that medium to visual. Uh, I'm probably not that all that visually entertaining, actually, or uh, engaging. It's really more auditory. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, greetings to those of you watching live. Now we're listening live. Uh, let's see, mom's there, Karen. We've got Don and Karen on YouTube. Chris is on Facebook. Michael's on YouTube. Gus and Eileen are on Facebook. So good to have you all here with us. Those of you watching and listening later in the day, greetings to you as well. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we pray our psalm for the week, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me up high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay. I almost have that one memorized. Uh, It's a favorite of mine to be used. Um, usually at visitation before a funeral or with the family um, before the actual funeral service. Right. 
because it's the uh, a psalm of prayer, as we heard uh, the other day. It prepares us to receive the Lord's word and to be prepared for the Lord's coming. Okay, memory verse for the week, we say it together. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. Catechism, what is the office of the keys? The office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Where is this written? This is what St. John the Evangelist writes in chapter 20. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What do you believe according to these words? I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, in particular when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ, our dear Lord, dealt with us himself. Okay, a famous story here, uh, actually one that I think I brought to mind as we've been studying Ezekiel. And uh, it's recorded as well, I believe, in Second Kings. Uh, but here it's uh, Isaiah's account of, of this. So not, not as prophetic as we've been having, right, or poetic, uh, but rather more historical. Isaiah 36. Now, it came to pass in the 14th year of King Hezekiah that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then the king of Assyria sent the Rebshakeh, with a great army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. And he stood by the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field. Skipping ahead. Then Rabshakeh stood and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and said, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make peace with me by a present, and come out to me. And every one of you eat from his own vine, and every one from his own fig tree, and every one of you drink the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware. Lest Hezekiah persuade you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Has any one of the gods of the nations delivered its land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sephar Vaim? Indeed, have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their countries from my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand? But they held their peace and answered him not a word. For the king's commandment was, do not answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of the Rabshakeh. Right, so we have this uh, ambassador messenger coming from the king of Assyria, and you notice here um, the just astounding hubris of the king of Assyria. And rightfully so. Assyria, uh, what the Rabshakeh says is not a lie, uh, Assyria has had great triumphs. Of course, we know uh, from the prophet that 
the king of Assyria's triumphs, as um, we hear uh, God speak to say Elijah, we had this on Sunday, last Sunday, um, is actually given to him by God. God allows the king of Assyria to to conquer in this way, right, and to uh, actually tear down all the false gods. Of course, the king of Assyria too will be torn down by Babylon, and Babylon will be torn down uh, by succeeding kingdoms until finally all the kingdoms of the earth and every king. And the way that they govern and tyranny and force and through, um, through force of law, all of that will be brought to, finally, its conclusion uh, when sin is put in the grave, everyone's grave, and only, and all those uh, are raised and those who believe in Christ will be raised to eternal life in him. Okay. Um, so uh, Hezekiah is right to stand against the Rabshakeh, against the king of Assyria and his messenger, uh, except also, <laughs> it's not going to necessarily go so well. All right, more on that tomorrow. Then our reading for catechesis is from Matthew 13. Again, uh, we've been here a few days. Now, verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth Separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to them, Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he said to them, Therefore every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogues so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief in his own country. Wow. All right, so we have more parables of kingdom. Uh, today, what's the kingdom of heaven likened to at the beginning? All right, we have the dragnet. I gave you a picture of that here at the beginning, right, where they're dragging the net through the sea and they're gathering into it here on the shore um, everything that they can uh, find, right, in the sea. But of course, what are you going to get? Uh, not just good fishes, but also every kind, right? Uh, this reminds us, of course, um, some events in Jesus' life. Say Luke chapter 5 would be an example with the, uh, I will make you catchers of men, fishers of men, right? And then uh, maybe the end of John's gospel would be another good example, right? After the resurrection, John 21, where they catch the 153 fish. Oddly, a particular number John gives us there. All right, what happens when uh, the net is full? They draw it to shore. So you saw that in the picture, right? And then they put the good into vessels, right? And then they throw the bad away, right? Okay, here again, like we saw in the parable of the wheat and the tares, which he explained yesterday, who are the ones that are doing um, the harvesting, if you like, or in this case, the fishing, the separation? At the end of the age, it's the angels who come forth, separating the wicked from the just, or the righteous from the wicked, the good from the bad. Right? And the wicked being cast into, again, like with the tares, the furnace of fire. Okay, so a lot of uh, 
comparable things there. Um, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but maybe it's worth remembering. The Furnace of Fire. It's hard not to hear echoes of um, Daniel chapter 3, right? With the, the burning fiery furnace and the three young men um, who were not harmed by that fire. It's the fires of hell because it wasn't for them, of course, because they confessed faith in the God of Israel and the promised Messiah, ultimately. Right? Um, here the furnace is actually described again with wailing and gnashing, gnashing of teeth, right? Uh, we've heard that before. Uh, this phrase was used um, back in chapter whew, chapter 8, I think he used wailing and gnashing of teeth. Let's go look. I know we had it recent, a couple times recently, right? Uh, Matthew 8, there it is, verse 11. I'll go back to verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith not even in Israel. This is referring to the centurion. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right. Uh, Matthew 13. Oh, yes, it was with the, uh, yes, with the wheat and the tares, right, when it was explained. We had the weeping and gnashing there too. Um, so this weeping and gnashing is always attached to unbelief and unbelievers. Describe what will happen, even to the sons of the kingdom. That's <laughs> air quotes there, right? Sons of uh, this earthly kingdom, not of Christ's kingdom, obviously, because they deny him, right? Who will be cast, um, though they may come from the east and the west, right? And what would happen to those who practice lawlessness and offend? All right, so now he asks them, have you understood all these things, right? Because he's explained the parables again to them, and they say, Amen. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Verse 51. All right. And then uh, he says to them, what about the scribes? Well, what is a scribe? A scribe is someone who writes down the words of another, right? Transcription comes from that word, right? To transcribe somebody, else, somebody else's uh, words. Of course, it used to cost a lot of money to have somebody transcribe your things. Now you can just plug it into uh, Amazon's Whisper or something like that, and it just using AI, they can uh, very quickly give you a transcription with punctuation and everything. That uh, does a really good job, amazingly so. And thank machine learning for that. All right, so we have scribes. Um, didn't have AI in the in the ancient world, machine learning. So um, here, are the, who are the scribes that he's talking about? Who are cons- concerned with the kingdom of heaven? He's talking to the 12. They're the ones who are going to be the scribes that will write this down. And they're being compared to a household householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Uh, maybe Old and New Covenant, Old and New Testament, possibly. Of course, who is the ho- ultimate householder? Well, if the household house is the church, who holds the house? That would be God the Father. Um, you'll see this play out uh, in Matthew well, 20, 20, 21, in that neck of the woods, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning for laborers for his vineyard, Matthew 20. Matthew 21, uh, the parable of the landowner again. Here another parable. This was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard, set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. That's uh, Matthew twenty-one, thirty-three. About uh, Matthew twenty-four. Yeah, illustration of the days of Noah. But know this: that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. All right. So we have the master being the father, the treasure um, to which he brings out of course, is the Church of Christ purchased with his blood, all right? And this is all God's work. 
worked by the Holy Spirit, right? The church is not our work, our accomplishment, it's his work. Good. All right, so uh, when he was finished, where did he go? What did Jesus do? All right, they went to his own country. And uh, what were they wandering, wondering in the synagogue, astonished and said, where did this man, notice the emphasis on man, not son of man, not son of David, not son even of Mary, but rather a man, get this wisdom and mighty works. All right. So they see him, as it says here, a carpenter's son, um, son of Mary, having brothers and sisters, right? Just an ordinary bloke, as the British might say. <laughs> um, and how wrong could they be? He is like us in every way and yet without sin. And that's why they're offended and scandalized by him, that he has such wisdom and works, and yet he is like them. But he must also not be like them as a consequence too. Being scandalized um, connects us back to verse 50 with the weeping and gnashing of teeth and the furnace of fire, right? Those who are scandalized by Jesus are those who will be cast out of the kingdom. Blessed are those who are not offended by me, he says. And then he has this famous proverb, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house, right? Why didn't Jesus do many mighty works in Nazareth, which is his hometown, his own country? It's explicit here because of their unbelief. Hmm. Thankfully, that will change, especially for his family. You'll see people like James um, become the bishop of Jerusalem and converted after the resurrection, right? So even his own family, uh, some come to believe. The church is always casting the net of the gospel out into the sea of this world and drawing in more fish. Just as good and bad sea grow side by side in the world, so there are good and bad fish caught in the net of the gospel. There is no pure church body, but there is pure doctrine or teaching of Christ. It is not the church's task to separate the fish in this world because the fish all look the same on the outside. God sends his angels to cast the unbelievers into the furnace of fire. It is the task of the apostles and those who serve in the apostolic ministry to proclaim the gospel so that the Father may continue to bring out the new and the old, that is, those from the old and the new Israel. Those who reject the words of the prophet and are scandalized by him are those who will wail and gnash their teeth. We are called to hear the words of Jesus that are proclaimed by his prophets in the divine service, that we might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah, Chris asks, so they never looked for the Messiah from the beginning? I'm not sure that's true. I think they were all looking for Messiah. We see that especially during Holy Week. Um, But um, apart from God-given faith, they do not see him for who he is, even well, maybe especially because he's their own brother, right? So remember, faith is a, is a divine gift worked by the Holy Spirit, right? And, and no matter how powerful or momentous or significant the words, um, apart from God-given faith by the Spirit, um, you will not see Jesus for who he is. And so it goes. All right, uh, let's see. What are we seeing yesterday? Four and five? Let's sing, uh, well, let's sing a few stanzas of the hymn today. Obey my call 
I keep your feet from straying. I am the way, and well I show how you must sojourn here below. My heart abounds in holiness, my soul with love is glowing, and gracious words my lips express, with meekness overflowing, my heart, my mind, my strength, my all, to God I yield, on Him I call. Okay, let's continue with prayer. O God, you have prepared for those who love you good things that surpass all understanding. Pour into our hearts such love toward you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of the office of the Holy Ministry. Give faithfulness to my pastor as he calls me to repentance and faith in your Son. Strengthen me to believe that when my pastor deals with me, by Christ's divine command, whether he excludes me from the Lord's Supper for a time in order to call me to repentance, or absolves me when, by the grace of God, I repent of my sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain, even in heaven, as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. Through the same Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Pray this day for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ and his church for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Okay. We pray this day for the households of our church, especially that of Deb, Shannon, Sam, Joe, and Maureen. Continue to give thanks to God for the healing given to Barb. Pray for our catechumens. We pray for all those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering. All right, Dale and Pam are doing better, so we'll take them out. Joe, Melanie, Kelsey, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, Gus, Eileen, Ron, Doug, Bev, Jim, Pat, Wendell, and Darlene. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for all the missions and mercy work of the church, and also the mercy work of our community, especially that of Safe Harbor in Sheboygan. We pray in intercession for Dasha to find new housing, for Matt, Smom, Donna being treated for stroke, uh, for Lydia who will be undergoing outpatient surgery next week. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation of prayer for today. 
Thursday, July 13th, 2023. It's good to have you with us here today. I hope that was a blessing to you um, to learn a little bit more. Uh, and maybe ask some questions as to why. Chris has a good question. Why did his own family, his own countrymen, reject him? Hmm. All right. He said, a prophet's not without honor except in his own, own town and in his own house. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe uh, we're blind to the identity of those um, whom we have a previous relationship with. Right. And you almost need um, you almost need a pastor who is not one of you. I don't think it's absolutely necessary, but it's certainly helpful um, because they can speak uh, more objectively, right? All right. God be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.